Good evening, Lehigh Valley, and welcome to Lehigh Valley Business Beat. This is Sally Hanlon. I am your host this evening to help you discover some of the interesting and amazing companies that we have here in the Lehigh Valley. And hopefully, if you're a business owner, to pick up some great tips so that maybe you can emulate some of what our longer and stronger businesses are doing here in the Valley. My topic tonight is maintaining an entrepreneurial mindset at any company age. If you go through and research, you'll find that most companies, when they go from first generation to second generation, tend to lose the entrepreneurial relationship uh, and the creative desires within the company. It becomes much more of a, a routine organization. We have one company here in the Lehigh Valley who has an entrepreneurial mindset and a specific set of beliefs and knowledge and thought that drive their behavior. Orishore Technologies, headquartered in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, has seemed to find the recipe for keeping entrepreneurship alive and alive for more than 34 years. So I have with me this evening Dr. Stephen Tang, who is president and CEO of Orishore Technologies. Welcome, Dr. Tang. Thank you for having me, Sally. Pleasure to be here. So glad to have you, because I know you guys are really busy. We keep seeing the press releases coming out about your successes, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But before we do, let's give our listeners a little bit about your background. Although Orishore is in its 34th year or about to start its 34th year, you came on board as president in 2018 from a, an amazing background of working with technology and enterprises and entrepreneurship. And you're also a Lehigh master's degree and a PhD degree. So you, you came home in 2018. <laughs> well, in a manner of speaking, that's very true. Um, I first came to Lehigh Valley in 1982 as a graduate student. In, in what is now called the biomolecular engineering program there. And spent 30 years in Lehigh Valley. Um, actually got to know the founders of Orshore in the early days. Their original company was called Solar Care Technology. Uh, then I had my own journey into entrepreneurship, um, several corporate roles, including uh, Olympus America, for a few years. Uh, then I moved to Philadelphia, um, and led the University of City Science Center, which is the country's oldest and largest urban research park. Was on the board at uh, Orshore from 2011 um, to today and was asked to move from my role as chairman of the board to uh, chief executive officer in 2018, as, as you shared. So that's a long journey, but actually if you measure it in terms of where I started in Bethlehem, at uh, 338 Wyandotte Street, which is now the, uh, where the New Bethany Ministry is, to Orshore's headquarters today, it's less than a half a mile. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's one way of measuring it as well. Well, in that way, I guess it was a, a, a slow move if it took 30 years to get there. But uh, <laughs> I think it's great that you have this background that you're bringing back to the Lehigh Valley from all of your experiences. I'd like to, if we could, just spend a little bit of time about the evolution of or the history of Orishore with solar care technologies, as you mentioned, because they were founded here at Ben Franklin, and you said you, you knew the original founders of this effort. How important was it that this opportunity came to be a part of Ben Franklin and to basically start the base for what has now become Orishore Technologies? 
Well, back in the late 80s and um, early 90s, uh, Ben Franklin Technology Partnership was actually just getting started. Um, and they were looking for spin-out technologies from, from universities. Uh, I not only got to know the founders, uh, Mike Gosling, Sam Nibala, Bill, Bill Hinchy, but also had a chance to review some of their early proposals to Ben Franklin because I had a certain technical expertise uh, that uh, Ben Franklin asked me to, to participate into the proposal process. And so this is one of the great success stories of Ben Franklin, not only in the Lehigh Valley, but across the entire Commonwealth, and that a, a company that in some respects spun out of Lehigh University, um, Sam Bala was a, a professor there at the time, and then uh, moved and adapted uh, product lines, uh, solar care technologies product line, just so you know, was originally, you know, sunscreen on a wet wipe, essentially. Not the highest tech product, um, and very cleverly used that cash flow to invest in research and development. Eventually, they merged with a company from Portland, Oregon, called Epitope, uh, which is the basis for our Orquic HIV and Orquic HCV test, and now the basis of our IntelliSwab uh, COVID-19 rapid test. And so that's a long journey that you probably could not have scripted from the beginning, but that's the heart of the entrepreneurial journey, which is it's, it's not only the first idea. You've got to be able to uh, adapt and adjust quickly, and Orshore has certainly done that over its history. It, it absolutely has. I remember when Solar Care Technologies first went out public and then it grew and developed and then became Orishore. It has been an amazing story for us to have here in the Lehigh Valley and, as you said, also in, in the state. One of the things of curiosity is, though, is how come you stayed in Bethlehem? How come the company, you know, oftentimes they, you know, they grow up and then move on? How important is, is being in Bethlehem or being in eastern Pennsylvania to this organization? Well, I think it's, it's fed the culture for, for many years. Um, and I would describe our culture as an innovative, respectful, cordial, caring, polite. All those values exist here in the Lehigh Valley. And um, at the time, we were a bit of an outlier uh, because, quite frankly, in the late 80s and 90s, there was not a, a very large presence in life sciences here in the Lehigh Valley. But uh, you know, when you begin to grow a company and you have dedicated employees and they want to work with you and for you for a long time, that leads to, I think, what economists affectionately call stickiness. And that is, you know, people want to stay and, and, and grow their careers. I think that's what's happened. And then as the Lehigh Valley's um, economy grew to focus more on higher education and uh, medical institutions, uh, people that are interested in, in ways of um, better diagnosing disease or, or wellness uh, naturally gravitated to uh, what we're doing at Orshore. So it's, it's, it's nice when the community grows along with you. And of course, today, there are several um, large life science-based companies in the Lehigh Valley, not only Orshore, but uh, Olympus America and B. Braun and, and several others. And so uh, we were happy to be part of that uh, growth and uh, stickiness uh, that we talk, that I just talked about. Yeah, and, and I think partially, too, our location on the eastern seaboard with the um, concentration of population. I remember reading at one time that there was just sort of like this um, medical community that was springing up all along the east coast just because of the population base and our university base. 
Yes, for for sure. This is a. I mean, and, and Lehigh Valley, of course, is ideally situated between the New York Metro and the Philadelphia Metro area, and so I think it it it, uh, it naturally feeds a large um, job base over a large large amount of area. Correct. Right. Well, one of the things you just mentioned, um, I was going to ask you, and you've already uh, responded, is if what makes the entrepreneurial culture um, so alive and, you know, well in the environment of Orishore Technologies, and you said innovative, respectful, cordial, sort of the stickiness. Um, that's an amazing culture to be able to continue to grow and develop, especially as you look at potential other businesses to bring online. How do you evaluate what to do next when you're thinking about like the people component or the creative component or the innovative component that is a part of what you do? Wow, that's a that's a big question with lots of layers. So let me <laughs> let me try to let me try to uh, unpeel that a bit. I'll use our most recent example with IntelliSwab, our, our COVID-19 rapid test. And, and this is going to sound trite, but it's necessity is a mother of invention, right? Mm-hmm. When, early in the pandemic, when we really didn't know much about the virus, and it seemed like uh, we were fighting day to day to try to find ways of, of combating the pandemic, uh, testing uh, early on seemed to be uh, one of the ways out of it. And we didn't know at the time uh, how the disease was going to progress. We didn't know at the time how important uh, rapid tests were going to be, and, that, and particularly simple tests like ours, uh, which allows you to read the, uh, your status in, in, within minutes. Uh, but we we saw ahead to where we thought we could contribute, and uh, it always comes down to persuasion. I mean, you have to take a vision and reduce it to practice. And that happens at all levels within the company. Um, it's not just my job. It's, it's the job of uh, everybody that looks for opportunities around us. And then we have to be able to make the case to our board of directors and make it appealing to our shareholders in order to uh, make sure that, um, you know, we have the authority to, to pursue it. And then at the very, you know, basic level, you have to have people that not only see the opportunity and want to work hard towards it, uh, but also have a very good idea about risk and reward. Um, and so that, that plays out in terms of um, um, finding uh, creative approaches to problem solving and, and to design the product, uh, to solve the, the, the number of issues that come about when you're trying to uh, perfect the product and, and uh, get it into, uh, into production and scale it. And of course, because our product is used for medical purposes, um, it's highly regulated. There are extremely high quality standards. And so you simply can't be a cowboy or cowgirl uh, about uh, safety and quality. So uh, at that level, you need uh, people to think, you know, very holistically, uh, not just about speed, but also about quality and, and um, its impact on, on people uh, and the society at large. So there are many layers where innovation and entrepreneurship and systems thinking all come together. Well, and you talk about speed, and there's sort of speed on on two levels there. There's the speed of actually taking the test and getting the results back, but there's also the speed of developing it and getting it to market because everything was happening so quickly. Well, that's that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. And, and, And luckily, we relied on our past experience in developing more quick 
and uh, its various forms, but the one in particular uh, that, that we based uh, the IntelliSquad design on is our in-home HIV test, uh, which in 2012 became the first over-the-counter FDA-approved test for an infectious disease, in this case HIV. So we knew how to design a product uh, that was easy to use, that could give results quickly, and settling on that design allowed us uh, to use all of our experience and expertise to design the product. And so these things don't happen by accident. Um, you know, uh, one of the things I, I like to say about strategy is strategy is simply opportunity meeting capability. Um, and so when you have big opportunity and very clear, specific capability, you can really make things happen. And that's the heart of, I think, the entrepreneurial culture at, at Orishore. Yeah, and and it's incredible. And as a matter of fact, um, I believe you just came out with a press release recently that talks to your EUA for IntelliSwab. COVID-19 rapid tests has been amended by the U.S. Drug Administration to require one test for individuals with symptoms of COVID-19. Before that, it was a multiple or at least a double test some, someone had to take within a 24-hour period, correct? That's right. So our original label in, in approval back in, in June was a box that contained two tests. And it was for asymptomatic serial testing. So asymptomatic means um, I feel fine, but I want to make sure that I am not infected by the virus that would make me infectious to other people. Mm-hmm. And so that two-pack um, allowed people to, to do that. The latest label change, which you cited, um, is for symptomatic single tests which means I'm feeling bad, let me take the test to make sure that I don't have COVID. Or if I do have COVID, I know that I need to isolate or, and or get into, into some sort of treatment. So it's a different kind of use. Uh, it's the same product, actually, but the FDA is very careful and specific about how you use the product. And uh, so we're fortunate to get uh, essentially our fourth EUA um, during this year. That's terrific. Congratulations. We're going to have to take a short break, listeners. My guest tonight, as you're hearing, is Dr. Stephen Tang, who's president and CEO of Orishore Technologies. We are talking about both the company's recent successes as well as the long-term entrepreneurial culture that they've been able to maintain over 34 years. This is Sally Halen for Lehigh Valley's Business Beat. Galactic Travels brings you hour-long soundscapes of electronic, ambient, and space music. That's Thursday night at 11, right here on WDIY Allentown, Lehigh Valley Public Radio, 88.1 FM and WDIY.org. Many choices, real voices. Welcome back. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Lehigh Valley Business Beat with our guest, Dr. Stephen Tang, President and CEO of Orshore Technologies. We are talking about Orshore's evolution and maintaining an entrepreneurial mindset in businesses of any age. And if you 
weren't a part of the first uh, part of this business beat, Orishore is in its 34th year. And that's an amazing time frame for a business to maintain an entrepreneurial culture. So getting back to talking about entrepreneurial mindset, Orishore has gone from sort of a Bethlehem-centric um, operation, and now you're global, correct, Dr. Tang? That's right. We have locations in Ottawa, Canada, Minneapolis, Minnesota, some folks in Houston, Texas, as well as uh, just outside of Antwerp and Belgium. Wow. So how, how do you make sure that everybody is on the same page as far as what you indicate is so important and critical to the culture of Orishore and its future? Well, that's a constant challenge these days, isn't it, uh, Sally, especially since most people are are still facing either hybrid work settings where some people are in the office and some people are not or or are not yet back into offices together. So uh, we have that challenge uh, today with the pandemic and and overall we've always had the challenge. And the the secret, I think, is is communication, of course, and, and making sure that people feel empowered to do their jobs. And empowerment effectively means that that you have the authority and responsibility to do your job and uh, and do it well. And of course, to do so, it starts by hiring good people and letting them do what they they do best. And so we we try to build that in our philosophy of uh, hiring people. We've also made acquisitions uh, that have uh, provided those locations that I just mentioned. So uh, acquisitions give you a chance to refresh your culture with entrepreneurs who have taken a different path, if you will. Uh, and that's vitally important. I'm a big fan of a philosophy called the rainforest, which was uh, espoused in a book by a friend of mine, Victor Huang, uh, who now has an organization called Right to Start, which is a, a campaign to rebuild the American economy by making entrepreneurship op- opportunities available for everyone. So Victor's basic thesis is that innovation entrepreneurship starts with diversity. Uh, he talks about the rainforest being a, a lush uh, environment for diversity and so that you have to embrace not only the, the nice things in your environment, right, the, the trees, mm-hmm. the flowers, the, 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 the birds, but you have to understand that there are going to be snakes and spiders <laughs> and all sorts of different creatures um, that give um, vitality to, to the environment. And so leading innovation and entrepreneurship is, is having a tolerance uh, for that type of diversity of thinking and, and ultimately diversity of people. And it's very interesting that, you know, you you say that because, you know, even though um, if you look at statistics, uh, the United States is comprised of mostly small businesses, about 90, 93% of businesses are small businesses, meaning under the federal guidelines, 500 or less state guidelines, 100 or less. But like here in the Lehigh Valley, most of our businesses are small businesses, and most have nine or less employees. So the fact that you've been able to grow and build and develop, and you know we're already small businesses, but we just haven't taken our place in society, really, as far as being a mover and a shaker. The, the larger businesses still do it. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because um, as companies grow and get bigger, and, and, and become, you know, giants in their industry. They want to create barriers of entry uh, for other companies to essentially uh, limit competition, if you will, to what they're doing. And so it's easy, it's easy to see that um, over time they, 
they moved from being entrepreneurial to somewhat uh, guarding against entrepreneurship, um, threatening them. And I think it's it's a uniquely American phenomenon that we seem to refresh the economy constantly with small uh, companies, entrepreneurial ventures, risk takers uh, that disrupt with new technology and ways of doing things. That essentially refreshes the entire uh, culture and, in, in this case, an entire society. So uh, I think you're absolutely right to focus in on these smaller companies because they are the backbone of our innovation and entrepreneurship spirit and, and, uh, and community. And I, and I think they've become much more apparent, especially in the last year and a half to two years with the supply chain hiccups that are going on all over the world. If, if you're dealing more locally, you don't have some of that to deal with because it is a, a local firm that is supporting you, even if it may only be a second tier or a, a third tier. So yes. I'm hoping, you know, my fingers crossed, I'm a small business advocate, that, you know, maybe some lights will go on in some of the C-suites <laughs> that will well, look at um, this. I, I know the light goes off in my C-suite, so uh, you're well on your way. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I mentioned earlier that we were talking a little bit about some of the uh, awards and strides that Warishore has made, and you talked about the one that has just come out with the IntelliSwab, and I shouldn't say this, but I would assume that you've got a team that sort of focuses on going after um, government awards and, and government opportunities, and I'm sure we have listeners who would like to, at some point, make themselves available to do something like that. What do you say is is a, a basic foundation that if a business wants to get into government contracting in some way, shape, or form, what are the considerations that you know you're aware of, both from what you've been at at Orishore and your uh, prior positions? What's most important for these small businesses to think about if they want to enter this arena? That's an interesting question, particularly on or- based on Orishore's experience. The, all the awards that you mentioned, the Defense Logistics um, Agency, that was a $205 million purchasing uh, award uh, for IntelliSwab, our COVID-19 rapid test. Uh, we also received $109 million uh, from the Department of Defense um, to uh, essentially commission a new facility, which will effectively double our um, production, which we've invested in uh, over the past two years. And then the third one was the uh, biomedical research and development grant uh, to help us take our IntelliSwab COVID-19 rapid test through a 510K approval process. So it's, it's the next step beyond the EUA in terms of having our product uh, authorized by the FDA. So if you add up on those numbers, it's, it's close to $400 million in awards. Foreshore of our history had had typically received uh, government funding awards in the millions of dollars, not the hundreds of millions of dollars. (laughs) So so if if I were to address your question, how did we get from there to here? In part, it's by building credibility over time. And so the the BARDA award, for example, um, is is based on long relationships with BARDA uh, to do things like creating our or a quick Ebola test back back in around 2017 or, or so. So you have to be a known entity to funders, and you have to cultivate that well over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are situations where perhaps a, a smaller companies don't have the opportunity to do that, and that's where innovation intermediaries, uh, so organizations like Ben Franklin, for example, uh, can help guide 
entrepreneurs uh, to the right funding agencies, essentially make those introductions, which then need to be followed up with performance, you know, further parlaying that into bigger funding. So this is essentially a, a you know a um, human-based effort uh, where you've got to get to know people and build credibility. It's just like making friends. It's just like building loyal customers. Working with the government at that level is really not that different. All right, that's that's good to know, and and we're certainly very. Uh, fortunate to have Ben Franklin as a part of our community to help introduce that. And we've also got uh, Lehigh's Small Business Development Center, I think, which can also be at least a stepping stone to part of that. Now, you have been focusing, or at least what I'm reading, is is things that are happening here in the U.S. Are you going after any any grants or awards outside of the United States? Are you doing anything globally? We have a long history uh, of global impact. Uh, in fact, our uh, HIV uh, product um, is uh, the only FDA-approved uh, saliva-based uh, HIV test that can be used um, by individuals, in other words, sold over-the-counter here in the U.S. Outside the U.S., we call that our, our HIV self-test, mm-hmm. uh, which has been used extensively in sub-Saharan Africa and other places in the world where the infection rate of HIV remains very high. Um, so we are a very large player, particularly since we're, we're uh, a smallish size company, to have that kind of global impact. So as um, COVID-19 progresses outside the U.S., we are looking to uh, create opportunities for IntelliSwap outside the U.S., and we believe the credibility that we've uh, developed from our Orquic HIV self-test product outside the U.S. will certainly help us do so. And we have long-standing relationships from the World Health Organization, uh, Unit Aid, uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and many others, Global Fund, uh, the World Bank, et cetera, uh, to help enable that. So again, this comes back to what I said before, is, is you need to be in a position to cultivate those initial relationships and then prove that you can do what you say you can do. Right. Yeah, the, the follow-through and accountability are just so important. You can get the door open, but you've got to make sure you keep it open. So... Yeah, that's that's you know that's great advice. Now I'm going to ask you to get your crystal ball out. If you thought the other ones were <laughs> sort of layered, okay. um, who who can say you know what's going to happen next week anymore? But as as you look out and and the next, I don't know. We used to do uh, planning for ten years. Now we're down to you know probably eighteen months. But as you look forward in the next couple of years, what do you see? are as opportunities and challenges for not only your company, but maybe some companies in general based on what you're feeling today? Well, I, I think the main uh, driver is uncertainty. Um, we don't know what direction um, COVID-19 will head. I think we're all hopeful that we're on a path to eradicate the disease. Um, but I think the Scientific literature is telling us that that's probably not going to happen anytime soon, and we're going to have to continue to take precautions uh, with vaccinations, with testing, with masks, with social distancing. All those things are going to play a role. There's always a chance there'll be another variant, just like Delta, which cause wide-scale infections um, and will cause us to uh, have to go back to some restrictions. But I think that um, what we're trying to do is is make sure that we address those issues and apply everything that Orshore can do to ensure 
that we are helping with the testing throughout the pandemic, but also looking ahead to make sure that uh, we are better prepared for the next pandemic. And I think what has happened during this pandemic to enable better use of telemedicine, better use of self-testing and self-collection devices to help diagnose disease, to learn as much as you can about your health state and, and body, even without going to a physician, all those fundamentals are going to remain. And, and that's going to be a key part of what healthcare and healthcare uh, device companies like Orshore do for, uh, do for the world. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think people are becoming much more aware that they need to take responsibility for their health care. And, and so the more that they have information available to them readily, easily, et cetera, the more they're going to want. And, you know, some of the, the tests that Orishore is able to do with, with the swabs and, and saliva testing, I think are going to become more important uh, over the next few years as well. The other thing I'd like to emphasize, and we're going to have to wrap up very shortly, but based on what you're seeing and, and what we're feeling at this point in time, the culture of entrepreneurship is going to be critical to future business development because the, the communication that you mentioned, the empowerment, the innovation, that's how these businesses are going to succeed. Would you agree with that? I, I absolutely agree with that. In fact, that's an explicit part of our strategy is innovation-based growth. Um, but I think that's that principle can be applied across the Lehigh Valley. Um, I think one of the interesting things about the demographics of the Lehigh Valley today is that it's, it is clearly becoming more diverse and younger. And I think that's a very positive development uh, to sustain innovation uh, because uh, the elements that confront innovation, that stop innovation, are thinking the same way about problems like we always do. And uh, youth and diversity have a way of shaking that up, and I think that bodes well for our community. Dr. Tang, before we close up, is there a website if somebody's interested in learning more about Orishore, what you're doing, what your latest awards are, how, how your strategies are going? Can they find that online at your website? Yes, they can. They can go to www.orishore.com, or if they want to learn about IntelliSwab, www.intelliswab.com. Terrific. Dr. Tang, thank you so much for taking the time this evening. I know you're a very busy person, and we really appreciate the opportunity to share the Orishore story, not only with the entrepreneurial mindset, but how amazing that you're, you are with what you're doing for technology in the medical community and providing us with health and wellness going forward. Well, it's my pleasure, Sally. It's always a pleasure to be with you and with the uh, listeners at WDIY. Thank you. And I'd like to thank James Johnson, who's our News and Information Director. And listeners, I'd like to thank you for listening to 88.1 FM WDIY this evening. This is Sally Hanlon for Lehigh Valley Business Beat.